Hello, hello. You're listening to For the Girls, Gays and Days, the podcast where two friends process their emotions concerning pop culture of note to the alphabet mafia. From film to television, music to miscellaneous celeb gossip, we're here to tell you what caught our queer eyes this week. I'm Colt, he, him. I'm Alex, they, them. Uh, welcome. <laughs> so we're going to run through basically four categories that I've mentioned. Um, film, TV, music, and gossip. And we're going to start out with film. I suppose I will jump in first and say that the thing that caught my queer eye this week was uh, The Woman King. Um, I managed to see that at the cinema on Friday. I know I think it came out in the States um, mid-September, but it's only just released in the UK this week. Just a little backstory on what it's about. It's set in the 1820s, and it's the story of an all-female unit of warriors who protected the West African kingdom of Dahomey, um, which is modern-day Benin. And that is directed by Gina Prince-Bythewood. Interestingly enough, it boasts a majority women-led crew, so that means the department heads for most departments were women. Um, cinematography, editing, I think all the producers are women. Written um, by a woman. Written by a woman, directed by a woman. Um, yeah. I think Gina Prince, by the way, the director, said that there was a concerted effort made to prioritise women and people of colour when they were hiring for the crew and not only the cast, um, which obviously mm. in and of itself is is a very impressive, not only female-led cast, but obviously I don't think... I think there's like one white actor in the entire film, um, which is lovely. Um, Yeah. He was not, um, spoiler alert, um, (laughs) is, is playing a slave trader. So not, not, not a great, not a great guy. Um, Accurate. Yeah. 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 I think when the, when the trailer first came out, I think I sent it to you um, immediately. It was like, this looks amazing. I'm so excited, but skeptical, mostly just because of, um, Viola Davis's accent I was a bit concerned about just because I felt a little bit burned by like Black Panther which great film but some of the accents I found distracting to put it to put it to put yeah yeah um Viola Davis did not have that problem I don't know what it was in the trailer that made me think that but watching the film it I have no notes she did a flawless accent and so did the rest of the cast i didn't think there was a there was a bad accent in the bunch there wasn't a bad performance in the bunch viola davis is so good um unsurprisingly tuson bedu who is sort of the second lead i would say who's sort of our audience surrogate comes in as as like a recruit into um the unit of warriors she's sort of coming in doing her training absolutely holds her own against Viola Davis which is not an easy thing to do not an easy thing to do at all but I will say that I think my MVP was Lashana Lynch Uh. just again it shouldn't be surprising that she's phenomenal but she's phenomenal in this Alex she just has this like ferocity and swagger and just like power top energy Mm. That gives me goosebumps. I mean, her her nails in the film are not practical for that for that role. Um, 
<laughs> in that they're sharpened to a point um, and are very formidable weapons. But yeah, the way she just commands scenes and just turns in such a good performance and yeah in general love the film the, the whole way throughout I was just like this is so good there has been some criticism of the film mm-hmm. some some somewhat founded some not at all founded um it is of course <laughs> being a women-led film and being like a film about POCs it's been review bombed something terrible yeah. on like IMDb Metacritic, all these sort of like ranking systems that had been absolutely review bombed, but that it's it's pure bigotry in that respect because the film itself is it is at a level, if not I think potentially higher than than films like than films like Braveheart and um, other things like that, sort of historical oh. epics. That's the only one that's coming to mind, but I think it it it's it's very good. Some of the criticism that's potentially a bit founded is the historical inaccuracy. Mm-hmm. Um, being that sort of this is kind of a spoiler, but kind of not a spoiler. Towards it's been out for long enough. It, yeah. it it has. Um, towards the end of the film, the Dahomey people sort of make a thing of like, we're no longer going to be trading in in people. We're no longer going to be selling our prisoners as slaves to the slave traders. We're gonna we're gonna make our wealth somewhere somewhere else. Like this mm-hmm. is not the way. We're not going to do this. Which is great and works phenomenally in the film and is very affecting, very emotional, and is it makes absolute sense for the film. Mm. Um, anything other than that would not have been emotionally satisfying. Yeah. As a film, it is not accurate to history. That's that's not what happened. The the king at the time and the Dome people carried on participating in the Atlantic slave trade for many, many years after. In that in that respect it is it's it is inaccurate. They don't gloss over it. Like it is, a, it's a very prominent plot point throughout the film that they have been selling on their prisoners as as slaves to the to the, the slavers, and they they tackle it very head on. They they show the sort of impact of it, and and it's not like they if they completely glossed over it and they were like, "We're amazing people. We've never done any of that. We would never do any of that." They're like, "No, this this was happening." I have two mm. takes about that. My mm. first take about the reviews is that that's the issue I have with the websites that list the reviews, but it's also a mask off moment because if we're very honest about big publications reviews, a lot of their critics say the same things. They just get more credence because they went to Ivy League schools. So I don't really take a lot of reviews seriously. I have some reviewers that I trust. But I don't actually look at the Metacritic score, much to my detriment often. (laughs) But I I don't take it very seriously. As far as the historical inaccuracy goes, Mm. white people have been making films in which they seem like the savior in Africa Mm -hmm. since the beginning of time Mm -hmm. to give themselves some sense of satisfaction. Mm. So if we have a movie where black people are given a sense of closure because we haven't been giving it in previous Mm. Historical inaccuracies can be effective for that. Mm. It is just, a it is a film at the end of the day. It's not a, yeah, it's not a documentary. A yeah, yeah. If you want if you want historical accuracy, watch a documentary. Exactly. Libraries exist. Yeah, read a book. You know, read one. And just just to say, the sort of the the critic response to the Woman King, like actual like verified critics, has been glowing. 
So that the actual the I think the score on Metacritic currently is about seventy six. It's where when you get to like the audience score, is where like the review bombing has happened. So I think on Metacritic currently it's a two point six, which 2. is two point six, two point two point six, or like twenty six out of t- twenty six out of a hundred, twenty six percent. That's fucking disgusting. Which is it's yeah, it's preposterous. It is preposterous. I do think that, or I do hope that it gets some kind of award recognition. I think it is currently in the conversation as like a fringe, like just slipping into the 10 for the Oscars for best picture. I think it will absolutely get into costume. I think it has a really good chance to get into makeup. I think Viola Davis has a chance to get in for best actress. It's 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 a competitive category, best actress this year. Um, I think it is a very competitive category, but I think she absolutely deserves to get in. Um, I would love to see Tusumbedu get in. I think cool. she absolutely deserves it. I would love to see that. I don't know if that's going to happen, but yeah, I think I think it's in with a I think it's in with a chance. I think it'll I think it'll do better at the Globes. I think it will it will absolutely get into like the Globe nominees for sure, just because it has the sort of like international flair. And I think the Globes are also going to be doing a lot of trying to work on their image <laughs> from being racist. Yeah, yeah, anything's a yeah. step up. If, yeah. if you weren't aired a year because you were so racist, then maybe anything uh-huh. will step up. <laughs> yeah. So we can only hope that 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 their white guilt will result in some nominations for some for a worthy film and some some worthy actors. And um Right. So that's that's what I have to say about the Women King. Um do you, do you have a film that caught your queer eye this this week? I have a film. It's called Annis in Love. It's French. It's chaotic. It's messy. So from the opening scene, and you'll know this reference, run Lola Run, that kind of energy. Um, we meet Annis. She's running her little ass across Paris because she's always late and always breaking somebody's heart and always doing something incredibly wrong and being very inappropriate with older women. I think she's definitely one of the best bisexual characters I've seen on screen because she's not confused about the fact that she would like to fuck men and women, but she is confused about being a person, which is the right emphasis, I think, in a character. The Mm -hmm. film itself is a very French cinema in the way Mm -hmm. that it's not structured like an American um format which if you think of Mm. american movies that make it to make it to streaming services they're a lot like pop songs you kind of know you know this is the intro this is the chorus Mm. this is how it's going to end french cinema doesn't really do that and anis doesn't really do that i'm not going to spoil it for anybody it is on hulu now but expect a lot of boobs a lot of introspection a lot of unlikable characters that you end up liking. That does sound very French. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I mm. really liked it. Um, I can understand why some people hated it, but mm. it's just a different kind of film. I really enjoy films that are nice to look at mm-hmm. and I don't know what's coming next because the lead character mm. is such a mess. Mm. I like that. It's um Renata Ransva, yeah, is the is the lead. I, I think so. I will always um, look very much to the older female lead oh. as the one that will keep you 
watching <laughs> because she is mm. Mm, yes i think we can all agree that mommy issues are at the forefront of this movie um <laughs> And I would like it to be on the forefront of me. She is very good. Um, she's run French cinema for a number of years um, and is brilliant in many things. Uh, and this role is sort of her just flexing her toes. She's a writer in the role um, who likes to fuck up to the country and cheat on her husband, who's not her husband. In French, they say this, the man you live with. So the uh. man she lives with... <laughs> <laughs> um, what what happens is our chaotic bisexual doesn't enjoy taking elevators because she feels closed in and That's so she has to go to a party on the 13th floor because in Paris everybody lives in a flat that's up a ton of stairs so she's carrying her little bike up the stairs a man tries to help her she fucks that man she gets over fucking that man but in the process of getting to know him sees his wife and makes his wife her target because she realizes the wife is actually so much better than the husband. We love we love to see it. We love she to see it. She stalks her. She takes her to a beach, mm-hmm. um, but in a very sort of French way. So it doesn't feel problematic. But if you put it, I was about in to say, I'm, I'm hoping it's romantic and not creepy. <laughs> oh, French cinema is always a touch of the creepy. Always a touch of oh, gosh, but it's a different culture, you know. Mm-hmm. So that yeah, sounds good. I have not seen that. I will add it to my list immediately. There are subtitles. I'm so sorry to people who hate reading, but I enjoy I enjoy foreign cinema because mm. um, sometimes American cinema it feels a bit like everybody got the same layouts. At least the ones that make it to streaming services. I know mm. that there's mm. independent cinema. But um, I often don't get to see it, so I would definitely recommend it. Go be frustrated. Go have a glass of wine or a strong cup of coffee and enjoy that. <laughs> Lovely. Um, shall we move on to TV? Yes, please. What have you got in your box? Uh, I would be remiss if I did not start with Drag Race UK. RuPaul's mm. Drag Race UK. It is back. It is three episodes deep. Um, I know that you have not watched all of them um i'm one short i'm okay. one short yeah. yeah so i won't get super spoilery but i will say that i think it is so great to be back with a strong season and all around great cast it's giving very season two vibes yes. um yes which i i would say is arguably one of the best seasons of rupaul's drag race yes exactly exactly ever um mm. of any franchise of any spinoff yes and I, I'm thinking season four is off to a really, really strong start. I think the cast is... I, I don't think there's a complete dud who's still in the competition. Um, yes. Yes. <laughs> um, I think there's been a, a huge and notable improvement in the runways, which is sort of like the one thing that I can think of that people have criticised the UK version for, is that... You know, it's it's sort of you've heard the thing of like it's UK drag, like their their personalities, the looks, mm. and that could definitely have been said about season one. Less so, subsequent seasons. I think it's been a concerted like F, a concerted improvement over the seasons to the point now that like I don't think in in where they've brought clothes from home, 
<laughs> I will say that. And when they have brought their clothes from home, there haven't been like an absolute, an absolute flop. They've been some that was like, oh, that's a bit simple. That's sort of like the only criticism that's sort of been lobbed at some of the runways. Um, but yeah, I'm fully team Black Pepper. Yes. I think Black Pepper is one of the most unique and just enthralling to watch. Mm-hmm. Just visually, like they're they're an entire meal. Mm-hmm. Starter mains dessert. Yes. Um fit with like palate cleansers in between and like a nice coffee at the end. Along with black pepper, I think that I'm very biased towards baby as well. I think baby is doing some phenomenal work. I do worry that she's going to be the sort of sacrificial lamb of like the front runner that's sort of doing well in the beginning and then goes home too soon. I hope I'm wrong. It's tricky to stay consistent. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, huge fan. Cheddar Gorgeous, I think it was, was a big name before going yeah. on to Drag Race. Famous. It's kind of a bit, has been a bit low key on the episodes thus far. Very funny. I think that they've, they've got like that, that snappy wit. But I think they've maybe been a little bit under-edited. Maybe that's because they've just done quite middling so far. Um, so I haven't seen it as much as I would have liked, but I'm still absolutely rooting for Cheddar Gorgeous. Dakota Schiffer, who's the first yeah. trans girl on UK Drag Race, um, is absolutely growing on me. I did not have a strong opinion on her pre-season and after the first episode, but from episode two and episode three, I'm like, I'm kind of rooting for you. I'm kind of rooting for you to do really well. So it's just, just like seems like just a genuinely nice person. Exactly. Like I would much rather root for her than a cunty queen. Mm. But like mm. cunty in a not fun way. Yeah. So yeah, that's 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 where I'm at with Drag Race UK. I'm I'm currently doing some some little recap videos that I'm aiming to have out every Friday, sort of after release. Yeah, and I'm having fun doing that. I think it's sort of allowing me to get more sort of in depth oh. in the episodes. Yeah, yeah, I watch you. them thank as you. soon as they come out um, yeah. because I get a special link. So, unlike <laughs> um, you plebs, uh, but <laughs> if you had a gun to your head mm, mm-hmm, mm. and you were picking a season of Drag Race to show mm. somebody who's never watched Drag Race before because mm. of whatever reason, mm. is this the season you would choose, or would you choose season two, or would you choose? It's tough to say, but I think maybe season 10 of the American one. Hmm. That's interesting. I, while I do like season 10, and I like a lot of the queens from season 10, yeah. um, I think season 10 does not have necessarily the most satisfying final four. <laughs> or the most Talk satisfying winner. Um <laughs> And there, I think there were some challenges that were a bit dodgy in season 10. So no, season mm-hmm. 10 would not be my pick. If I was choosing main season, I think it I think it would have to be season 5. And I think I have done this. I think I have recommended season 5 to a lot of people. Just because I think it's one of those, like, the challenges are, are all good. I don't think there's a single bad challenge on season 5. I think the cast has been one of the strongest. As noted by the fact that I think the majority have come back for an all-star season. Yes. I think there's maybe like three queens from the entirety of season five who have not come back for an all-star season. And I think that's a very good indication of, of the quality of, of that cast. 
But season two of UK is also really up there as well in terms of like a stellar cast, really good challenges. I think the only thing with that is it's slightly not the ordinary because of there was that whole like COVID break, which was like very out of out of the ordinary and would not be necessarily a representation of a typical drag race season. Sure. Um, yeah, I think that's that's my thinking on that. I enjoy the UK one more because I enjoy, obviously now that I live in America, I get a lot more of the references or mm. I grew up in American culture, so I did understand some of the references. But yeah. Something yeah. So homey about the UK one. There's something that feels like, mm. you know, the East Enders episode. It just feels the red nose jokes. Like you kind of, it feels like coming home. It feels like things I understand. If a queen walked in and called herself Jaffa Cake, I would know, you know? Like, <laughs> I just. I'm sure that queen exists somewhere. <laughs> and I, I I would like to see it. <laughs> exactly. I'd like to see Roni Cream. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, when they walk looking like a packet of Quality Street, I get that <laughs> reference. I grew mm-hmm. up eating Quality Street. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not that Black I Black Pepper's like... Cadbury's look was just very, yeah. Exactly. I got yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. America's Cadbury belongs. Well, it's not chocolate. It belongs um, in a Nuremberg trial. I think the UN should get involved. I don't mm, know how it's allowed. Mm, it has plastic in it. It mm, tastes like anyway. Sorry, I've lit- as Money Exchange famously said on 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 one of the pit stop episodes, um, it's wax. They put mm. wax in. They put wax in the chocolate. It's not chocolate. It's wax, and that's that's a disgrace. Jail. Right. Well, what TV caught your queer eye this week? I'm so happy you asked what was in my box. <laughs> I am currently watching season two of Gentleman Jack. Oh. And I want to save everyone the journey um, to Halifax mm-hmm. and say, do not watch it. Really? See, because I have not watched season two. I watched mm-hmm. season one. Loved season one. Yes, yes. How would you describe Gentleman Jack to someone who hasn't seen Gentleman Jack? Gentleman Jack. So picture, if you will, in the 19th century, the biggest top you've ever seen Mm -hmm. um, in an incredibly tight-fitting suit with boots, a top hat, and a gay walk that is faster than anything I've ever seen on TV. This woman walks from one end of Halifax to the other at the time it takes you to have a sip of wine. Mm. She is fast. Speed walker. She is powerful. Mm. She is a fuckboy, though. Um, she will Guess fuck without saying. everyone and their neighbor. Um, but then... <laughs> and she has. She has, in fact, done. And the town mm. is pretty mad at her about it, but can't say it because they're also homophobic. They mm. like, dare not mention the fact that she has made everyone come. So I just, I love that. I love mm. the first season. I, Sir mm. Ann Jones, who's the lead, I'm a happily married person, but she would make me think twice. Um, she's in a she's in a number of great British television shows. She, her career is varied, mm. interest as depth. However... Mitchell. Just have to, if we're talking about queer things, was she not in Vigil as well? With um... Vigil, so good. Mm-hmm, so she mm-hmm. loves playing a queer. Mm-hmm. Um, she also did. And some we love queer that bait. for her. Yeah. Yeah, she did some queer baiting we'll in a show that. called 
Bailey and um, I think it was Bailey and something where she is in a very serious non-sexual relationship with her female cop partner. Oh, and how Rizzoli and Isles of them. How Rizzoli and exactly, Isles of them. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. Back to the matter at hand. Gentleman oh, Jack, oh. season two. You know what it's like? It's like when you have a great meal at a restaurant, mm. the wine's flowing, the cheese mm. is oozing, you mm. love it. Mm. And you then take your best mate to go have mm. this experience with you. Mm. And on that day, the kitchen said, fuck you. And oh. that is what it feels like. Oh, no. It feels like a big letdown after oh. so much expectation. Oh. They get really bogged down in the fact that she's a Tory, that she loves oh, coal mining, no. and oh, that no. she, you know, plays away games on this woman who loves her to the moon and back. Oh, no. And I'm just, oh, but it's not a sexy affair. It's no. not like, ooh, it's sort of painful, the affair. Oh, God. Yeah. So everything's painful. Every conversation's painful. Mm. Every edit is painful. Every mm. fucking scene is painful. Oh, no. They, yeah. There's no joy. There's no oh. laughter. There's no... That's such a oh. shame. But you know what it is? Is they got too bogged down in how terrible everyone's life was. And they forgot that mm. sometimes, you know... people. Sometimes you just want to see queer joy. Exactly. Like, that's the problem There's with no so way. much queer They're media. Queer. I don't want to see... I don't want to see queer people suffering. I don't care if it's historically inaccurate. I want to see yeah. a, enough trial and tribulation that there's like a, 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 a small amount of conflict. Even that, I'm 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 not opposed to a conflict-free um, piece of media. You know, I don't like conflict. I hide my face mm. when conflict happens. But one of the best scenes in that first season was her mm. walking out of that house and telling that man in a very conflict-ridden scene. Mm. Striding into him and threatening his life in mm. incredibly great conflict. I mean, it was mm. really like, I I think, I just wish, I think one of the worst scenes was she's literally making a woman reach climax, a very hot mm. woman, mm. Um, and neither of them seemed to enjoy it. <laughs> and I was just oh. like, who wrote no. this? Yeah. Who wrote this? Why are they both miserable? <laughs> mm. Oh, that's a shame. Oh, and now it's and now it's cancelled. And now it's cancelled. So they can't even course correct. They can't even fix it. You know, it's yeah. done. They started a petition, but I don't. I don't see the point happen. of it because yeah. let her rather go make another season of Vigil. She's a limited resource. Put her on a good show. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't waste her time with this. She's too good for for this mystery. Let's let's hope for some joy in music. What's in your music box? So currently playing in my soul is a bit of queer drama. Oh, it's by an artist who was popular on X Factor at a point, um, oh. Fletcher, uh-huh. and she had a very public relationship with another woman. They had a breakup, they remade up, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But the great thing that came out of it is a song called Becky's So Hot, mm. in which she would like to fuck her ex-girlfriend's current girlfriend, whose name is actually Becky. And 
she full names her in the song. Um, and some people have been upset about it, but Your Honor, it's a bop. I just <laughs> I would love to be upset, but it's a banger. So uh, it's, you know, it's tricky. I, I just listened to it for the first time this evening. I had not heard it before. I had not heard of Fletcher before. Um, I must confess. Your Honor um witness for the for the um defendant or whatever um <laughs> is correct they they told no lies it is in fact a bop um it's a bop it's very I just, good i can't be upset the whole and that I whole just, album because I, I did peruse the album as well a little yeah. bit is it it there are there are a lot of bops i think my overall mm. thing with the album is at least she made her heartbreak catchy um you know, and you I'm have to go to the Taylor Swift school for for turn that heartbreak into a hit maker. You know, and speaking of, don't we have? Isn't that just around the corner? Didn't I see today? I think I saw a tweet today about it's thirteen days, thirteen yes, days sir. until the thirteen midnights. That is yes, very sir. exciting. Yes, I mean, put it in. She's having a really queer run of albums. I mean. um Evermore, I think. Emotionally, thematically, if not, if not literally. Well, Mary, I don't. I just want to say, if people want to find out, it's a tag on TikTok called Gaylor, and I just, I've been. There. I have seen this. I have seen this. People are sleuthing. People are investigating. Um, I'm here for the sleuthing and the investigating. I, I love a good conspiracy theory. Um, especially when that conspiracy theory is gay. <laughs> but I don't want to, you know, I hate, if if I think of people, I used to write about celebrities and I used mm, to know celebrities I were know. queer and purposely not write about it. Mm. Even if there were photos, like mm. with, with some actresses who are incredibly famous, there are literal mm. photos and receipts. Are they not everywhere. still saying about Richard Madden and his um, longtime friend, longtime roommate, um, who was just in the Hocus Pocus movie? Are they still not calling that a roommate situation? It's like the man. I don't. I feel like the man came out. Why are we still saying that this is his roommate? Please. I just. I really want to know what exactly happened in his previous relationships, because nearly every single person who's dated him now refuses to be in the same room as him, and it's giving. <laughs> it's giving change from the L word. I don't understand. Like. I hate it. Uh, <laughs> I I do. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, speaking of like the 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 Taylor thing and and the sort of the the conspiracy theories around her around her sexuality, the 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 bit of music that's in my box is Charlie Puth. Yes. Has just dropped his album, his new album, which I believe is just called Charlie Puth. Like I think it's just self-titled. Um, yeah. It's Charlie. Yeah. Really good album. Before I get on to what I want to talk about, I will say that the album is very good. I've been like, hmm, that's a pleasant surprise. And most of it's sort of like been made on TikTok, which yeah. is just such a really in- like you're interesting to sort of see the whole process of it. Um, but specifically, the reason that I want to talk about Charlie Booth is because he's very horny. Yes. And he likes to talk about how horny he is. Yes. And he likes his body. I do and too. he likes he likes to show us his body. I enjoy that too, and I appreciate it mm-hmm. very much. Yes, yes. Some people 
will not just shut up and enjoy what they're getting. Some people want to be like, he's queer baiting us. I'm so tired of men who are like, who, like pop stars who are like queer baiting us who think that like, and I'm just like, girl, at what point has he actually done anything that's sort of explicitly queer coded? Yeah. He's just posted on the on Twitter about how he feels horny. And he's just posted pictures of himself in various states of undress. And just yeah. because you are attracted to this man does not make it queer baiting, in my opinion. I agree. I agree with you wholeheartedly. I think the conversation about shows queer baiting, which I agree with. Entirely different story. Yeah. I think I agree with, but somehow people took which people do on the internet, you mm, and I both mm-hmm, know. Mm. They took that conversation and they thought it was applicable to all. And honey, mm. it's not. Real life is different. Just because somebody, if I see a woman walking around with Doc Martens, a flannel shirt, and a fucking Stevie Nicks t-shirt, that does not mean that she's interested in women. And it's, I just, I feel, I also think it's really unfair in that situation yeah, you put people back a step when you put that weight on them to say, mm. you look this way, but you're not saying you're this way, so what the fuck are you? Mm-hmm. And that really puts people back a step. It put me mm. back a step. Mm-hmm. I did it to other people yeah, because guilty. That's what I was mm. taught, and it put me mm. back a step. It mm. put them back a step. Mm. I've apologized since because I realized it's not a fair thing to do. Mm. Um, so, and I mean, Harry Styles is another one. In this mm. conversation, I think, and I think people have been so unfair. He's only a person who says, yeah. you know, I enjoy. And you've recently I'm had, here. you've recently had people also like um, Kit Connor, um, yeah. the actor from Heartstopper, one of the leads on Heartstopper, who's not necessarily out, has like had to delete social media and stuff because people were sort of accusing him again of queer betting. And it's just like, he's just existing and also not. Just because someone doesn't claim an identity specifically does not mean it's sort of baiting. Like I, I think people are, are misusing are misusing the term. And it yeah, and unfair. The wrong thing. I yeah. think I don't. Yeah, I enjoy a little bit of gossip, mm. but I don't enjoy wanting to be in somebody's business when they've explicitly told me it's a bit of a thing. Don't bring it up. And so I appreciate well. that. We want to talk about that, then we need to talk about Sean Mendes. Um. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but we're we're going to leave that one alone because we don't want to well, we don't want to contradict ourselves, which I feel like we would if we if we actually discuss that. But no, um, I was Charlie there. Puth, once. I We've don't been there once. I don't. I don't think he's. I don't think he's specifically directing his horniness towards the queer community. He's never he's never directly expressed his horniness towards the queer community. I think the queer community, especially cis gay men, they have taken it and as as like a a personal attack that an attractive an attractive boy who paints his fingernails has posted semi nude photographs on the internet and talk about how horny he is, and people have gone, oh, you're trying to you're you're trying to take advantage of my attraction. It's like no, shut up. Please. But anyway. Go go download, go stream Charlie Puth's album. It's very yeah. good. Um yes, yes. And and go like and if and if you want to see any evidence of, of the of the material discussed, it is all over his Twitter. It is all over his Twitter, it's all over his TikTok. It's all um, over the screen grabs. Yeah, uh-huh. It's <laughs> saved and saved in the camera roll. <laughs> <laughs>
I think we've already been gossiping quite a bit, but let's let's move on to our next category. Specifically miscellaneous celebrity gossip. The category is mess. The mess that I have chosen for this category is something that has been all all the rage on the internet and was recently featured on an episode of SNL. Um, (laughs) Some might say misrepresented on an episode of SNL. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm of course talking about the Try Guys scandal. Specifically the fact that one of the four Try Guys of BuzzFeed fame cheated on his wife of many years with whom he has several children with an employee of his and her immediate, yeah, boss. and her immediate boss while she was engaged to a beautiful man. Not only that, but he had built his entire brand, his entire sort of professional identity on being the guy with a wife. The wife guy. Yeah, the wife guy. And always my wife this, my wife that. Meanwhile, had been shacking up with his employee for for, for many months and when this sort of information came to light on the internet, I think a fan sort of saw him and his employee at an event, making out on the dance floor, took a photo, um, sent it to his wife. It's it's essentially led to him being let go from the from the Try Guys company, um, erased from Pretty all good. content that had been filmed, yeah. erased from promotional material, yeah. um, basically outcast, uh, rightly so. The remaining three Try Guys um, put out a statement video, which went viral in and of itself, mostly for the absolute icon that is Eugene Lee Yang um, and his death glare. Yes. Angry daddy. Mm, mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want him to be mad at me. I had to make light of a very serious situation. It's serious. Um, Sorry, yes. It is actually serious. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, um, SNL, Saturday Night Live, less concerned about making fun of a serious situation. They did a skit, I think, on on yesterday's episode, where they're essentially making fun of the remaining Try Guys. Yeah, and saying it was an overreaction. Yeah, an overreaction, being like, so your friend cheated on his wife, or your friend had a side piece, so like you fired him and made a bunch of... Excuse me? You have entirely entirely missed the point of this and you're punching down you're directing you're directing the sort of <laughs> the the making fun of you're directing it at entirely the wrong source and it's quite it's quite distasteful i would say and a bit turned like, off yeah. which is is sort of has sort of been snl's um mo for a while um, yeah I- I I, I think? think the thing that they missed, mm. um, which a lot of people online have actually missed. I read the comments because, mm. um, you know, self punishment's a thing I do. I read the comments <laughs> underneath all of the posts, mm. and I think a lot of people have raised this point that they feel like because it was a consensual workplace affair oh, between yes, that two was the people, uh-huh, uh-huh. yeah. Then what's the issue? But I think the issue that people are forgetting is. Number one, he monopolized his relationship with his wife and his kids. Uh-huh. He made his entire brand based on this, uh-huh. made copious amounts of money from it, literally went on tour uh-huh. with his wife and his kids. Uh-huh. In that Put out a cookbook. Put out a cookbook. With, with his, her. With his wife. Uh-huh. 
Mm. And New York in New York, his wife was due to meet him. Mm. He literally made sure that there was a window of time in which he could go to a Harry Styles concert and go to a bar with this other woman so he could and a lot of people are a lot they had to bring Harry into it. Like he just had to, didn't he? That's just disrespectful. Um and I think on a whole other level. I don't I Harry wouldn't do this because he would say to somebody, I'm I would like to be an opponent. But the the my my issue with people (laughs) is that they don't look at the context of what men do in workplaces Mm -hmm. on a regular Mm -hmm. basis. Mm -hmm. And it's not to say that the other party is without blame, but it is to say that it's in the American workplace, which I've just started working in, it's a very top-down environment. And Mm. uh, I think to minimize that into a joke about why are you overreacting is what a man would say in most situations when they've offered to be inappropriate with a female colleague. Mm. So it gave that energy. I don't know how many women who've been working for more than two months were in that room when they wrote that skit but i mean i I would doubt there were any i would i would doubt it i also i feel like to then put it on a stage like this takes it to a different level i know variety Mm. wrote a piece i know Mm. buzzfeed wrote a piece called no more wife guy after adam levine i know other people have spoken about it Mm. but snl knows their audience is boys drinking beer yeah. And our boys drinking beer are going to pile on uh, to that woman whose name I won't say. I know it. Uh, uh, it's my name. Um, uh, uh, but I just, you know, it's un- it's unfortunate uh, to to frame it that way. And it's not that I'm disappointed, but I did think maybe network TV had moved on, but I don't think it has. Uh, and it's not the thing of necessarily like making fun of the situation um, being the problem. It's yeah, specifically specifically the way that they've they've gone about it because yeah. I have I have spent many hours laughing about this whole thing yeah. on the internet, on the memes, on the TikToks, um, the Twitter threads. But it's yeah, uh huh, uh huh. And I've 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 devoured all of it, and I'm completely guilty of that. I'm a messy bitch who loves drama. Yeah. Um, but I, it's it's all content that's aware of the fact that like the bad guy in this situation is Ned. I agree with you completely, and I watched a TikTok from a lawyer that was hoping to be hired by Ned. I imagine oh, who said, um, and you know that it's it's a viewpoint some people have shared that they feel like, oh, you know, don't forget that Ned has kids and that we're vanillaizing yeah. him. And he's mm. the kids are gonna, and I just want to say, like, as somebody who's married and has you know all the things that come with that, you know that when you're out in public and you're making choices, it also reflects on that person. Mm. So, why did you, why are we trying to minimize what he's done when he knew what mm. he was doing when he did it? He didn't fall into a pussy, folks. Like it wasn't a it, was, it wasn't a whoopsie daisy. Oh, like, it was a yeah. Oh dear. Um <laughs> yeah. it, it was a concerted effort, you know. And it's just and for what, okay. you know, yeah. is the thing that keeps coming is like for what? You've com- he's completely torpedoed his own career. Like his career no, is done. His career is done. It's over. It will never recover. He will never 
make money in the public eye ever again. I don't know what other skills he has. I don't you know if he has so. other skills. I I know. Oh, I hope so. Oh, honey. This Ivy oh, Ivy League educated, incredibly wealthy, multi-home owning man is going to come back in the worst form possible. Oh, in either an opinion blog or an opinion podcast in oh. which he doesn't edit oh, you're right. and occasionally oh, refers to himself as an alpha male. I feel oh, it. Yeah. He's gonna cult. he's gonna join the he's gonna join the Joe Rogans and um because he wasn't too Andrew far Tate's away from of the it. world. Oh no. I don't know if you've seen clips of him in previous because they had a podcast, The Tri Boys. They did. His... I've seen clips of it that directly incriminate him. Yes, <laughs> because they're talking about they're talking yeah. about literally stuff that he ends up doing, and you sort of cut to him and he's sitting looking at the camera like anyway. Just, yeah. Anyway, I just that's, wanted that's to enough. Everything. That's enough of Ned. Um Taking up time again. Fuck yeah. Ned. <laughs> Fuck Ned. Anyway. Um what bit of gossip is 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 on your mind? Mm, yes. Mm, mm. So welcome again to the lesbian side of TikTok, <laughs> in which we have discovered that Jojo Siwa mm. um is in a serious relationship with Avery Cyrus, who is one of the Cyruses, as you imagine, but is very much a girlfriend guy. Um, mm. all about it, all the time, post pictures of herself crying at the airport, waving bye to, to mm. Avery Cyrus. And I have to bring up why we have to be so performative. As somebody <laughs> who is performative on the Instagram often, but it's just because my mm. wife is very hot. I just, <laughs> it's not my fault. Uh, it's, no, yeah, can't yeah. help it. Do do queer people sometimes find themselves mirroring the behavior of straight people to mm. validate their relationships on public forums? That mm. is something I was thinking about with this little bit of gossip, this little relationship. Mm. You know. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think it's happening happening less so now. I think it's it's something I think we are potentially moving away from a little bit with the sort of loosey-goosiness of the younger generations, which yeah. is interesting, which is interesting that it is that it is Jojo Siwa who is in herself um but a babe, um uh, an infant, if you will. Um definitely yeah, not time to lust over. Can I just say to the lesbians who are my age, mm. no. But do not be in Jojo Siwa's comments, folks. It's inappropriate. Now, uh, if, if the birth year st- if the birth year starts with a two, uh, it's it's a no. Once once you reach your, if you're in your thirties, if no. the birth year starts with a two, it's a no. It's a hard pull no. yourself towards yourself. We are elderly. We are elderly yes. in the queer community now. We are in our thirties. And 30s. that goes for non-binary folks too. Stop From one it. non-binary folk to another non-binary folk. On that note about thirst, we need to talk about Emma Darcy. Yes. Negroni. Spagliato. Spagliato. With prosecco in it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but still my beating heart. 
their voice is just it's something very else. Pleasing. Oh, yeah. It's rich. It feels. Mm. It feels like mm-hmm. velvet. Mm-hmm. Oh gosh. Mm. And um, it is everywhere. Yes. On my TikTok feed. <laughs> um. It goes without saying that it's everywhere on your TikTok feed. Yeah, it's and great. I certainly hope anyone listening to this that is still on their TikTok feeds and that has not petered out yet by the time this goes, by the time this goes live. And I feel like we we should sort of close this out by saying, go get in a crony, spaghetti with prosecco. Yeah, <laughs> I, you can also just give us full phone numbers for Imadasi to contact us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, yeah, I'm joking. Be... They, yeah, they're in a happy relationship. Um, Are they? And you know that's lovely. I mean, so, that's that's yeah. so happy for them. So, so I'm happy for the person they're with. <laughs> girl, girl. Join us next week for another sip of pure culture. Cheers. Stephanie. <laughs>